Permite Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. We're going to be concluding our, our, our series, Level Up. Um, you know, this month, like I mentioned, we, it's been, a, it's been a, a season, a month of fasting, of, of prayer, of seeking God. Man, and, and, and again, when we seek God, we're, we're, he's easily accessible. We can find him. And so we've been seeking God. A lot of us have also been seeking change. That's something that we do, you know, every January. We seek some type of change and, um, to improve ourselves. Change is good. Change is very good. And I know a lot of people, you know, sometimes we're afraid to make certain shifts, certain, uh, certain changes because we're afraid of, of uh, what it, it, might, it might mean for our lives. Sometimes we're skeptical. Um, and it stops us from making necessary changes, especially changes that God wants us to make. Um, you know, change can also be bad, but this, this series has, has uh, really been focusing on leveling up, right? Not, not leveling down. That's not what we want. We don't want to go backwards. Claudio posted something this, this past week um, that I, I, really, I really liked. It said, um, it was a quote. It said, I'm not trying to be better than anyone else. I'm just trying to be better than who I used to be. And that's, that's, that's the point of this series. That's what we've been talking about, being better um, in, in every aspect of our lives than we used to be. And uh, so this series, we've talked about shifting our mentality, how th- sometimes we got we to gotta shift our mindset despite the different seasons that we're experiencing. Sometimes we have to do things differently than we've ever done them before. Uh, we talked about praying with authority, and I hope you're still praying with authority. Like Jacob, who wrestled all night with God, he didn't stop until he was blessed. Um, and then last week was a word that challenged us not to quit, to keep going, not to give up in our faith. Um, because God can make art out of our failures. He can make masterpieces out of our failures. Anytime we fail, we don't have to be afraid of that because God can turn it around and make it into something beautiful. Amen? And today, you know, since we're observing the, the giving of our first fruits, I, I kind of want to focus on, on sacrifice. And, um, you know, I was going over this message, and I realized that it's a little bit more of a, it's going to be a little bit more of a, a, a teaching than a preaching. Um, so I, if it's okay with you, I might not get as as rowdy as I tend to get when I'm preaching. Um, hope that's okay. Hope we don't equate rowdiness with anointing. Because, um, man, there's some preachers that, man, they can, sound, they can make something sound really good, but they're, they ain't saying anything. They're just, they're just rowdy, right? That's never my goal. Um, all month long, we've been, we've been focused on sacrifice. Uh, sacrificing, some, you know, we've been sacrificing our, our, our diet, the things that we like to eat. And, you know, if you've been fasting, uh, you might have given up certain foods, Today is the last day. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, praise the Lord. All right. Some others have been maybe fa- sacrificing some sleep. I-, I think I mentioned to you, God has been waking me up in the, the most inconvenient hours of the night um, to-, to pray and to seek him. And, and so some of us have been um, sacrificing our sleep. But there's another way that the Bible tells us to sacrifice. And that's, that's with material possession. That's with our income. That's with our wealth. That's with our our, our security, the things that make us feel secure in life. And uh, so I, I want to kind of talk a little bit about that this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 18. Luke 18, and we're going to be getting, we're going to be starting at 18 through 30. I'm sure you're familiar with this story. Um, the Synoptic Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they all, they all pretty much record it the same way, pretty much word for word. And uh, you can follow with me on, on the screen. And it says, and a ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to in- in- inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. 
You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And he said, all of these things I have kept from my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack. Sell all that you have and distribute it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. But when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. Jesus, seeing that he had become sad, said, How difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard it said, Then who can be saved? But he said, what is impossible with man, what is impossible with man is possible with God. And Peter said, see, we have left our homes and followed you. And he said to them, truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left a house or wife or brother or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God, who will not receive many times more in this time and the ages to come and eternal life. Amen. I had an interesting conversation this week with someone actually regarding this topic, um, the topic of, of, of money and uh, money is not we don't really like to talk about that a lot, especially in, in the church, especially among ministers. It, it's very it's a very opinionated subject. It's also a very, I think, misunderstood subject in the church. Um, and, and that's that's money, the subject of money. And, and even to say the word money just feels wrong up here for some reason. We often use a lot of euphemisms for the word money. We say giving offering, right? Things like that. But money is talked a lot about in the scriptures and and we shouldn't be afraid to talk about it. And so this person uh, asked me, Ryan, is it a sin to be wealthy? And I think that's a question that, you know, maybe some of us have have asked ourselves before because you read this passage and, and Jesus, Jesus says something pretty, pretty controversial, right? And that, but that was Jesus. Jesus, he was always stirring up the crowd. He was always saying something that, that didn't sit well with a lot of people. He told his disciples, if, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eye causes you to, to look at a woman lustfully, gouge it out. That's pretty hardcore. I'm like, dang, Jesus, calm down, man. Right? He, he also said, if you want to be my disciple, you have to hate your, your, your family. Hate your brothers, your, your sisters, your mother, your wife, everyone. Just hate them. And, and, and so this is just another thing that that, uh, that Jesus said that was really controversial. And, you know, I don't think a lot of this, of what Jesus said, we have to take literally. Um, you know, because if we took it literally, we would have a whole bunch of Christians, you know, living under bridges because we wouldn't want to make any money. Um, we, would, we would be alone because we would have to hate our families and our, and our, and our, and our children. And we would have, like, no limbs, Right? So how effective could we possibly be for the kingdom of God? Um, so certainly there is, there's, there's got to be some depth to what Jesus is saying. And here he says it's very difficult for the wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. That's what he says. So naturally the question that follows, well, is, it, is it a sin to be wealthy? Because I'm over here trying to make something of myself, right? I'm trying to start a business. I'm trying uh, to, to make partner at, at the firm that I work for. I'm trying to go to college so that I can get a good degree, so that I can get a good job. I'm trying to get into investing. I'm trying. Should I even be trying any of these things, or is it going to lead to my sin? And to answer this question properly, church, I think we have to look at the condition of the heart. You have to look at the motives, you have to look at, at the lifestyle that you're trying to build and what, what the central focus of your life is going to be. Because there are wealthy people 
who have become consumed with their wealth. That's all they can think about, making more money and keeping the money that they have. And they've become greedy. That's a sin. There are people who, who on their way to the top, on their way to wealth, they don't care who they hurt. They don't care who they betray. They don't care what friends they lose, what relationships are, they lose as long as they get to the top. And that's, that's, a, that's an attitude that lacks love and kindness, which is impossible to make it into the kingdom of God. There are also those who prioritize their wealth here on earth and have nothing stored up for them in, health, in, in heaven. So it can definitely be a sin to be wealthy. But if we look at scripture, I think we'll easily find a lot of people who were wealthy, but their wealth wasn't their treasure. Abraham was, was wealthy. He was a wealthy man. He was well off. He had servants. He was like patron, uh, patron right? Is that the word? Patron? Yeah. He was, he was the boss. He, he had money. He had wealth. Job, Solomon was incredibly wealthy. He was even allowed to flaunt his wealth when a, when a queen came from a different kingdom uh, to compare who had more wealth. And it was, it was Solomon. We look at David. David was also, uh, uh, he was a king. He was wealthy. So you compare these men to this rich young ru- ruler, and, and we have to ask ourselves, well, where was this young man's sin? Was it in his wealth or was it in his heart? Verse 23 says, but when he heard these things, he became very sad because he was extremely rich. The gospel of Matthew says, when the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. So the sin wasn't in his wealth, church. The sin was in the treasure that he made out of his wealth. It was his uh, unwillingness to leave everything behind and follow Jesus. That's, that's where he sinned. The passage says that he was extremely rich. Matthew says that, that he had great possessions, right? Possessions that probably took him a lifetime to build. He probably spent hours learning uh, how, how, to, how to make it to the top. So it wasn't just a matter of Jesus asking him to give away all his possessions. He was asking him to give away all the life's work that he put into acquiring them. And he says, do this and you will have treasures in heaven. Every January, we enter this season of, of, of sacrifice. Like I mentioned earlier, some of us, we sacrifice what we eat. Some of us sacrifice sleep. You know, I, I know some people that stay off of social media or, or TV, things that entertain them during this, this fasting period because they want to they wanna live a little sacrificially, right? But you know what? At the end of it all, if you're still clinging to anything in this life, what have you really sacrificed? This, it's going to hurt a little bit this morning. I was preparing. I was like, oh, God, I don't know if I should say this. Because I was preparing this message, and, and, and you know, God, God showed me something. Man. He, he, he let me look at the life of Jesus. And Jesus was a man who knew how to sacrifice everything. He lived his, his life sacrificially. Even He had an incredible prayer life. You look at Jesus. Jesus would go away in, in solitude. He would go up to the mountains. He would seek the face of the Lord. In the, in the very earliest of, of, of the morning, he would sacrifice his sleep and he would go and he prayed alone. We talked about the importance of praying in solitude, how that has got to be in your prayer life. Praying with God alone because, because you, you say things to God that you wouldn't say in front of anybody else, even, even your wife. So there is importance in praying in solitude. And that's what Jesus did. He was always prayed up, man, always. So much that, uh, that when he encountered a, a demon-possessed boy... He told the disciples, the only way to cast this demon out is with prayer. And then if you notice, if you read that, that passage, Jesus doesn't lay his hands on this boy. 
He doesn't get on his knees. He doesn't, he doesn't say a prayer. So how is it that the demon is able to come out and Jesus didn't pray? It was because Jesus was already prayed up. He was always prayed up. He didn't, he didn't encounter obstacles and say, oh, give me, give me five seconds while I pray. He was ready to go all the, all, all the time because he was always prayed up. And to live that way with that type of lifestyle of prayer, you have to sacrifice some things. Jesus also knew how to sacrifice when it came to, to his, his, uh, his diet. If you recall, Jesus entered a time of 40 days and 40 nights while he, while he fasted in the wilderness, living just off, off of water and the spirit of God alone. Jesus even sacrificed his reputation on multiple occasions with the, with the Pharisees when he did a miracle on the Sabbath. Jesus knew how to sacrifice all the way up to the cross. But if you look at his life and you look at all these sacrifices he's made, his, his prayer life, his, his fasting life, uh, the, 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 his reputation, none of that would have mattered if he would have gotten to the cross and said, you know what, I can't do this. This is where I draw the line. None of him would, everything that he did before that, all the, all the sacrifices that he would have made in his life, it wouldn't have mattered if Jesus couldn't make that final sacrifice to, to die for our sins. It wouldn't have mattered. And I, man, I wish that people would understand this concept before they got married, <laughs> right? Because when you get married to someone, you're giving them your life. You're giving them, you know, your finances. You're giving them your debt. Your assets, your, your victories, your losses, everything, your baggage, you give them everything. And, and, and if you're about to get married and, and you stand at the altar and you can't make that final last commitment, you can't say, yes, I do promise to love you in sickness and in health. And, and I, I promise to give everything that I have to you. If you can't do that, all the sacrifices that you made when you were dated don't matter. It doesn't matter how much money you spent on that engagement ring. I don't, it might matter. I don't know. You know, some people are, but. It, it, it won't matter all the time that you spent trying to save up for the wedding. It, it wouldn't matter all the, all, the, all the time that you spent in the mornings trying to, you know, look your best for each other and, and taking an hour or two hours to get ready. None of that would have mattered if you couldn't make that final commitment, that final sacrifice. So Jesus is telling this guy, look, you've been living a good lifestyle. You've been, living, you've been obeying the commandments of my father. You even give up some Sundays every now and then to go to church. Now I'm about to preach a little bit. You, you, you get up early in the morning. You get up at like 6 a.m. And, and you read a chapter every day uh, of the word of God. You spend time in prayer. Maybe you serve on, 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 in the church. Maybe you do something. Maybe you sing on the worship team. Maybe every, every January that comes, you're always fasting. But none of that matters if you can't give up everything that you have to follow me. So you can't enter my father's kingdom if you can't sacrifice every last bit of what you have. So I want you to think about this this morning. Are you willing to give up everything that you have, everything that you've accumulated, everything that you've worked for, for Jesus? The reward is in the sacrifice, church. The reward is in the sacrifice. The blessing is in the sacrifice. See, we don't always see that. We tend to look at the sacrifice and not the reward. We often, we, we, sometimes we start with the sacrifice, right? Um, we, start, we start the sacrifice because we know what the wor- reward is going to be, but then we actually get to the sacrifice and, and we're, a little, we're a little intimidated by it. You see someone transform their bodies, right? They pack, them, pack up some, some muscle or shed some fat, and you're like, man, 
That's awesome, bro. Sign me up for that. I want some of that. Right? And then, and then you go to the gym, you try to eat better, and then you're like, wait, wait. Hold on. I, I didn't sign up for this. I, I, I signed up for the end result. I didn't, I didn't sign up for the sacrifice. Cancel my membership, please. But in every situation that I've seen, church, where someone gets to the next level, a sacrifice is necessary. It's present. You look at the life of Abraham. Abraham had to sacrifice the land that he knew, everything that he knew, so that he could get to the next level. Moses had to sacrifice his, his insecurities and his fear of failure so that God could do something in his life. Job had to sacrifice everyone that he loved so that God can bless them even more. The disciples, if you look at the disciples, man, they dropped everything that they were doing to follow Jesus. Their entire lifestyle, their, their, their jobs, their families to follow Jesus. And this is, this, this is even true beyond you know, scripture. You look at the greatest athletes, the most talented people, businessmen, businesswomen, they have to sacrifice so much in the beginning to get to that level of success. Leveling up requires sacrifice, church. It requires giving something up. And in the case of eternal life, it requires giving everything up. And one day, we're going we're gonna to be about to check out of this world, whether, whether it be through death or or Jesus' return for his church. One day we're all going to be in this moment where we have to answer for what we did. And if we're still clinging on to the things of this world, we're never going to make it to the next level. Amen. I don't mean to scare anybody this morning. But it's true because we, we store up treasures here on earth when God is wanting us to store up treasures in heaven. You know, I was... Uh, Thinking about thinking about Layla, my daughter Layla. Several months ago, we started her in daycare, and uh, you know it, it took her a long time to get comfortable with daycare. She she hated it at first. She would wake she would wake up. The first thing she would say is, "I don't want to go to school today," and she would she would look at us with these beautiful you know cat like eyes, and and they were watery. She had tears in her eyes, and it, it would like it would break our hearts because we were taking her to a place where she hated, and we were like ruining her life. But we kept her in there because that's what you got to do as parents. You got to just, you know, you have to make the sacrifice. We, we told ourselves, okay, she's going to get over it. A few months later, she finally did. Now Layla, she really enjoys school, especially the past few weeks, man. She's, she's been in a great mood. And she tells us how her day went at the end of the day. She tells us what she did. She tells us the names of her teachers. She, she says that she has friends. The only bad thing is you ask her who her friends are, she says, Carlos and Isaiah. <laughs> Some punk boys, man getting ready to take her out of that. But, but she, she seems to be, you know, enjoying herself. She loves being there now. And sometimes, sometimes I go pick up Layla at the end of the day, and, and, and before I walk into the room, I peek in on her to see what she's doing. And I'll see that she's, she's having a great time. She's, she's playing with her friends. She's playing with the toy. She's, uh, she's, just, she's enjoying herself. She's being goofy, right? But the moment that I walk in and she sees me, she drops everything that she's doing. She doesn't care who she's talking to. It's over. She drops the toys that she's playing with, and she comes running to me because in her heart she'd rather be with me than where she is there. And so Layla's story is going to preach a little bit this morning because we need to treat our lives here on earth the way that Layla treats daycare. We can, we can enjoy life, church. We can pursue our dreams. We can go after. We can have ambition. We can have good relationships. We can have a good time. 
But at any moment, we need to be prepared to drop whatever it is we're doing with wherever we are, whoever we're with, and run after Christ because in our hearts, we'd rather be with him than here. He is our treasure. And I'm afraid a lot of us Christians, man, we've built up treasures here on earth. We had a, we had a class this past Wednesday, and I taught it. It was on, a, it was on heaven. And, and I mentioned this. I mentioned that, man, we're, we're, we're not that excited for heaven these days, if you really think about it. We don't really talk about it in our, in our Christian circles. We don't fantasize about it as much as we fantasize about, you know, being on a beach somewhere on vacation. We don't, it's like we're, we're much more fascinated with our futures here on earth than our future in heaven. But Jesus, man, Jesus was always talking about the kingdom of God, church. Anytime the disciples would ask him a question about how they were to live their lives here on earth, Jesus gave them a response that always mentioned the kingdom of God. So, so when Jesus is talking about wealth, he's not just talking about the millionaires or the billionaires. He's not just talking about everyone, who, th- those people who have accumulated so much possession. He's not talking about the 1% church. He's talking about the ones who love their life more than salvation. He's talking about the ones whose work is their number one priority. He's talking about the selfish who don't like to give their time or their money to help those in need. That's who, the, that's who he's talking about. He's not talking about millionaires or billionaires. It's all about the condition of the heart. And this morning, church, you know, we're doing something that we, that we do every year. Uh, you know, we, we as, as the members of this body, we do this, this 21-day fast, and then we end it uh, with the giving of our first fruits. And, and so that's what we're going to do this morning. And I'm not going to get into, you know, if you, if you give, God is going to bless you tenfold. I've seen where that is true for many people. It's been true for myself. I've given in faith, and, and God has, has rewarded me. But, but for me to sit here and say that you're going to be blessed tenfold, I'm, I'm not going to make those generalized statements. would be wrong of me to do that. God will bless you. That's a promise. God is always blessing you. He's blessing you with life. He, he's, he's providing. That's who he is. We never lack. Amen. We don't need to sit here and try to calculate the return that God's going to give us. That's, that's not how it works. But the message that I want to leave with you this morning, church, is, is simple. Live your life sacrificially to God in every aspect. And if you don't get anything else out of this message, I want you to get this. Live your life sacrificially to God in every aspect, in every part of your life. Maybe it's easier for you to, uh, to pray than it is to give financially then maybe you need to work on giving financially. Maybe it's easier for you to give financially than it is to give your time. Well, then maybe you need to work on sacrificing your time. We have to always be ready, church, in any moment to give God whatever it is he's prompting us to give. The Apostle Paul says, offer yourselves, offer your body as a living sacrifice. Your body is everything that you have, everything that you have to to keep going and to walk and and to see and to breathe and to live. And he says, give it all to God at any moment. Living sacrifice, church. That's all right. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.